Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Thursday, December 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Scott Air Force Base in the Metro East is home to the U.S. Military Command, responsible for moving supplies and people around the globe. Four-star General Jacqueline Van Ovost leads that command and says it will have an outsized role in future armed conflicts. Our adversaries have watched us and how well we move logistics around the world and how we project power. And they are looking at where, where the weak links are. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt will have a conversation with the general in just a few minutes. People in Missouri with nonviolent marijuana violations can have their records expunged under Amendment 3, which takes effect today. Legal aid lawyers are helping to expedite the process. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. In 1983, police raided Cynthia Cross's apartment in North St. Louis. Prosecutors charged her with two felony counts of marijuana possession. She says the substance wasn't hers and maintains her innocence. Cross says her conviction disrupted her life. She couldn't get the health care job she wanted and hasn't been able to find a home in a safe neighborhood. In August, Arch City defenders helped Cross expunge her record. Cross says Amendment 3 could help many others clear their records of marijuana charges and avoid years of hardship. When I look back over all of years, I could have been way advanced in my career. My kids could have had better. I could have had better housing. Cross says she wishes the amendment had passed years ago. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is defending how long it is taking to expand the state's cannabis industry. He says the state intended to award social equity licenses years ago, but there were problems. COVID hit in March, and then we started to see challenges in the courts. And that really has taken us for most of the last two-plus years. Pritzker made the comments yesterday at one of three such dispensaries to open in Illinois so far. The state gave 192 conditional licenses to social equity applicants in a process that started in 2019. Pritzker acknowledges there's still more work to do. A new law in Missouri requires health facilities to allow in-person visitors. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the legislation's full impact may not be known until the next public health emergency. The No Patient Left Alone Act was a reaction to Missourians who found themselves unable to visit their loved ones in health care facilities during the COVID-19 pandemic. So far, there appears to be minimal impact in part due to Missouri no longer being in a public health emergency. Dave Dillon, spokesperson for the Missouri Hospital Association, says currently he's not seeing pushback from hospitals against the new law. However, it's unknown how the law will impact hospitals in the next public health emergency. Where does the balance exist between what the state law is? Uh, and and or the state and federal law, which sometimes are in conflict, and, and how we can implement that to best protect those, the patients and the staff. Dylan says the law creates a balance between allowing patients to have a support system and ensuring there wasn't additional contagion. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis area Starbucks and Amazon workers are following a national unionization trend. Dozens of Amazon warehouse workers in St. Peter's walked out on Black Friday to protest unfair pay and unsafe working conditions. Jennifer Crane helped organize that walkout. As a trillion-dollar company, and they made $34 billion in profit last year, they can afford to give us a rate of work that doesn't lead to injury. I personally am sitting here with a brace on my arm because I did get injured because of the rate of work. 
and they sent me back to work while it's still injured. Crane made those comments on St. Louis on the air. The full conversation is posted at stlpr.org. The Cardinals have landed their replacement for retired catcher Yadi Molina. Several media outlets are reporting the team has signed free agent Wilson Contreras to a five-year, $87.5 million contract. Contreras had been with the Chicago Cubs. Cardinals.com reports it's the largest contract in team history for someone who has not played for St. Louis. Hi, it's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson, your afternoon newscaster at St. Louis Public Radio. Keep podcasts like The Gateway thriving by becoming a member of St. Louis Public Radio today. Your support ensures that your community stays informed and has access to fact-based local and national news. Give right now at stlpr.org and thanks. General Jacqueline Van Ovost leads the U.S. Transportation Command based at Scott Air Force Base. It handles logistics for the military. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt recently spoke with the general about the command's continuing work in Ukraine and what she sees in its future. Their conversation starts with the role of U.S. Transcom in the military. I'm a global transportation company. You know, think trucks, think rail, ships, and airplanes that carry military equipment and personnel around the globe uh, to meet our national security needs. That's what we do at U.S. Transportation Command at Scott Air Force Base. So to me, that seems like a job that is, well, it's one when you do it well, many people may not notice, but if you do it poorly, many people may notice. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I would say we move stuff around the world on a daily basis, right? Uh, and when we think about the Ukraine conflict, you know, we've moved you know, somewhere close to 195 million pounds of stuff around the world to get to Ukraine. We are helping Ukraine defend itself against the naked aggression from Russia. Let's say the air defense systems that you see that they're using, the artillery systems that you see that Ukraine is using, know that it came from the United States, mainly from the United States, and, and about 25 other countries have helped but it came from places that were not, not in Ukraine. We brought it from around the world, as far as the Indo-Pacific. So w- what are the kinds of requests that you're getting from European command or other commands mm-hmm. now for Ukraine? I-, I think about this especially as we move into winter, and I've been reading stories about you know, some of the different needs now. Can you, can you talk about that? As we are moving into the winter now, obviously, uh, Russia is on this terrible campaign of, of crushing the civilians by, by killing all the critical infrastructure, which means they have rolling blackouts. They don't have the heat, right? So we are focused on supporting them, as is the European Union and NATO, with things like uh, generators uh, and transformers uh, and warm clothing, uh, heating capabilities, tents sleeping bags. So beyond just the munitions and ability for life support, not just for them, but for aid. It's a multi-pronged effort from NATO, the European Union, uh, the U.S., and many of our partners in the Pacific. They're sending stuff as well. So what you see is a worldwide coalition to support Ukraine uh, against Russian aggression. I want to move to this defense strategy that I think was released this year. And there's a lot in it. So let's start off with this idea that logistics has a critical role in any future military action. And can you expand on that for me? Yeah. I have said that the logistics 
has covered some operational risk for us. In other words, sometimes we make decisions and logistically we can pull out miracles to make it happen because we've done it so well. I think about what we're doing with Ukraine, Operation Baby Formula, the syringes and the vaccines that we sent around the world. Now we can make all that happen, right? I don't like to be the miracle worker. I'd like, you know, a very a very stable plan that we can actually execute. You can start a war, but if you want to continue, you've got to have the supplies. You've got to bake all of that into the planning. So coming from that, how will movement in the future be more difficult or not as easy yeah. as it may have been in the past? Yeah, sure. We've had freedom maneuver around the world because we've had access, uh, basing and overflight from all of our allies and partners. But in the future, uh, what we call contested logistics come at play. Our adversaries have watched us and how well we move logistics around the world and how we project power. And they're looking at where, where the weak links are, and they're looking directly at logistics. The last thing I want to ask about is, I understand Transcom is doing a lot with local universities in yeah. St. Louis. Can you, yeah, can you tell me about that? <laughs> yeah, thanks. We have been partnering with uh, academia, and, and that includes several universities here, on uh, thinking about contested logistics and how we will, will operate in the future. And which schools are those specifically? So it's, it's, it's SLU, it's also uh, Southern Illinois University, and Washington U. So the educational partnership agreements that we have exposes the university students to the, the problems that we are having in logistics and gives them an, op an opportunity to write papers or to do some experiments on how that they might solve it. That was St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt speaking with General Jacqueline Van Ovost. An extended version of that conversation will be featured on tomorrow's St. Louis on the Air. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.